welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I'm going to just throw out some appetizers tonight. I like it to be a little more orderly than it is currently in my mind, but we'll just go with it, okay? Because it's red night, clearly. <clears throat> There's been all kinds of dreaming going on. I haven't been able to figure all those out, so I'm going to have to say... <laughs> I'm going to say all those. Mendel dreamed about starfishes, men's mouths turning into starfishes. But I think, you know, right now when I say that out loud, I think I know what that means, but I'm not going to talk about it. But um, I am going to talk about something else, but um, I'm going to talk about a dream I had. I talked on a Tuesday night about it. Tuesday at prayer, not night. Um, but in this, I dreamed on uh, Monday night, which would be going into Tuesday. That's really irrelevant. But um, that um, there was too much lead in the soil. That was the line that I heard. And so in the dream, um, I dreamed that I dreamed that God had told me there was too much lead in the soil. And then the first scene of the dream was that I was um, in Denver and I was standing with a group of people. You know how dreams are funny, you know, but um, you can't hardly recreate them even with words. But I, the capital of Denver was in ruin and all that was left were... Um, just significant blocks of the building, you know, in certain places. But you, it was kind of like one of those movies where, you know, it's all just been blown up, you know, by bombs or something. So there's little pieces of stuff still laying around. And when I walked up to the Capitol, there was, um, you know, how they have out in front, you know, the historical buildings will have a little marquee thing where it's a like a brass little display and has little words written on it. And so on the marquee, it said, too much lead. And I was with some people, and I said, hey, I just dreamed that, you know, that there's too much lead in the soil. And so then the very next scene was I was still at the Capitol, but I was sitting at a table now, and I was there with my mom's mom. We called her Meemaw, and she was a stay-pray-and-pay person. She said, no matter what you do, just stay at church, pray at church, and pay at church, and you'll be good. That was her three mottos. She lost her mind at the end. So in, that was actually funny to me, but it wasn't funny to my mom or anything. You know, I have, can I decide, can I do a sidebar? So my funniest story about my grandma, whenever she, when that's, that's the second one, whenever she was, um, she had beef tips one time, and she kept pointing with his finger, and I, she had beef tips on her fingers. But that's the second funniest thing she ever did. But anyway, the first funniest thing, besides her coffee, she always stuck. But anyway, um, she was a cute little woman. But she had, I knew she was losing her mind, and I was trying to tell my mom that she was, but they were having a hard time believing it. Because people that lose their mind, they can tell some stories that are right, you know, but then they do all this other weird stuff. And so... My mom had decided that she needed to take this little medicine. She needed to take it at a certain time during the day. And so they had bought her a pill container and a little alarm to go off. 
you know, this was back, you know, many years ago, we didn't have phones or nothing then. And so all we had was like alarm clocks. And so I had gone over to see about her and I heard this buzzer going off in the drawer, you know, and it was just going off and going off and going off. And I was like, hey, Mima, what is that? And she's like, I don't know what that thing is. The thing that's supposed to be telling her the time to take her pill, but that thing has just been bugging me, so I just stuck that in the drawer. Clearly, it was serving its purpose. Anyway, she's in my dream. None of that. That's just a sidebar. Anyway, so in my dream, I was trying to tell her who I was. So that was fun and significant. Then the next part of the dream was me and her, we're still at this table and this uh, political strategist come up and she was telling us that um, God had planted all these sleeper cells throughout the nation and that they were going to be elected into political office. And so... I just, I really, I can't get that dream off my mind. I think, you know, I'm not, I've talked about before, I'm not really politically inclined, you know, just kind of like Mendel when she wrote the word about America, the baby, America, remember, it's not really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it wasn't our focus, but we just, you know, we still live here in America and, you know, things like that, right? But I think, you know, what the dream means, obviously, is that, you know, whenever, there is um denver is a very um liberal city you know i lived there for a while and it's very liberal and so i think what it's showing us is that that system is being destroyed but i think the other thing is to actually begin to pray over those that god is positioning you know when god tells us he's got these people positioned they still need to be pushed on through to let to be elected. So part of just a simple prayer that you can just pray is, you know, that God, we just take authority over every entity would, would block people. And one of the things about, I read about if you ingest, if ingest, it's internally, not eternally. I'm just saying ingest. I said eternally, something instead of internally, but anyway, um, no one really cares or remembers, but um, anyway, but when we ingest lead, it, it, I said this on Tuesday night, I think I wrote that down too. Yeah, that it, it reduces development and be, and it creates behavioral problems and it has a reduced IQ, reduced attention span. If this isn't what's going on right now, it just cracks me up. Hyperactivity, impaired growth, learning disabilities, hearing loss, and insomnia. So lead, too much lead is a problem. And so I think we can see a whole generation that's clearly been eating too much lead-based soil. So we can begin to remember that when we run into people who have been ingesting lead, they're going to be exhibiting these things, right? So we don't have to be crazified by it. I have to give you a little commercial from Randall Worley. Hang on, I don't even have it pulled up. I just read it today. I dislike him so much. It goes along with it, I think. Let me see if I can find him real quick. You're good to wait while I just tool around the internet, aren't you? Yeah. It's a little bit deep, you know, Randall. He's a little bit deep, right? This is what he said. <laughs> How helpful 
is it going forward if we would just live in perpetual shock at what man is capable of? Yeah. <laughs> this is what he wrote. The pervasive crisis of confidence in political leaders, journalists, the economy, and cures for COVID has revealed what we had confidence in to begin with. Maybe we should take this approach to the crisis of confidence and ask ourselves, why are we surprised when politicians lie? Why are we surprised when, when world leaders tyrannize their people? Why are we surprised when fact checks reveal a journalist has maliciously misinformed us? Become angry and cynical is the easy way. It's our natural default setting. How helpful, though, is it going forward if we live in perpetual shock at what man is capable of? Quit trying to parent the whole world. Quit offering advice when exactly zero people asked you for it. <laughs> Quit being shocked when people don't share your morality. Quit thinking you need to discern what others' motives are. Do you think our distrust is revealing our misplaced trust? I like him. That's good, right? Yes. I could probably just read him all night long, but he's one of those guys I like to read. Anyway, I um, I just want to talk briefly tonight, probably, but I don't know, um, about something that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me about today. And so um, let's turn to 2 Corinthians 2. I think Shudi kind of stole my thunder there starting out. But I clearly didn't know it because I told her before service I had nothing. <laughs> I was, let me talk to you for a minute about, you know, I did a little house cleaning yesterday um, with the worship and media team. I think that's what I call it. I like to dust around every now and then, get the cobwebs out. Do you like that? I get, yes. to, I have to go in a little deep cleaning, yeah. you know? And um, I think that when I was dialoguing with Holy Spirit today, uh, it just He just popped this into my mind that, and I'm, I want to kind of meander it around with you, but this is what I wrote down, that God was telling me today that whether or not we are searching for which um, spiritual gift, if you will, or which even office that we are. I know some of you are doing that, so just stop it. But anyway, that instead of us thinking, I want to I try to change your mind on thinking a certain way, because I think this is how most of us think in here, that we're trying to figure out which thing we are so then we could get training uh, towards that thing. Does anybody feel like that we think like that a little bit? And I want to change our minds tonight because I think God just revealed this really cool nugget to me today that, that since God uh, has put um, 
the ability to interact with his spirit, with him, in all humanity. I can tell y'all need me to prove that. Let me, it was from Sunday. I didn't get to read it, but it's one of my favorites. Let's just read it. Romans 13. In reality, Romans 13, 19. The truth of God is known instinctively. You should memorize the scripture. For God has embedded this knowledge inside every human heart. So what does that tell us? The knowledge to know God was pre-embedded in you by God. So it's, so again, it's not a thing that you found God. Like you have to do a, a whole lot more work to not believe in God. See, if you got wayward children or wayward moms and dads or just wayward weird people that you know, just just pray this one scripture over them alone. And just and, and just this one thing. Quit praying your own fears and let whatever obstacles or graces that they stumble onto in life, let God just do that. You did. That's how it happened for you. You you know. I mean, did you know that Tessa used to just stumble around probably drunk and just drive up and park out in front of the upper. She didn't even know what was going on out here. Moo and Moo would just dream about one life and come and sit out here. I mean, we don't even need to even put a sign up, clearly. Right? Because of this. I love this. It says, opposition to the truth cannot be an excuse uh, on the basis of ignorance. Right? Y'all can finish reading that. So anyway, because of the pre-embeddedness of this good, good father, that's just so exciting to me. Does that feel exciting to y'all? That means that no, no human being doesn't have this. That should give you, I mean, that just infuses me with so much confidence that, well, I'm not going to worry about who's not running with me. They, just, they might find somebody else to run with, but I'm going to run hard. Right? I'm going to run hard after God. I'm going to run with whoever wants to run with me. You don't have to run with the bulls with me, but I'm going to, I'm not, don't make me stop running. Right? And so he was telling me that if we could stop focusing so much on if we have a gift and what the ultimate outcome of the gift will be, we probably could actually see that the office is actually a promotion from stewarding the gift well. So let me just meander that with you. So let's think about it. Let's just say you want to be a prophet and you want to be in the office of a prophet. Well, what is, let's, let's look at that. I see you need me to prove that to you too. I can feel it. Ephesians 4, let's look there real quick. Listen to this, listen to this. Um, it says, with tender humility and quiet patience, always, say always to your neighbor. Always. Say always means every time. Always. See, this is a good way. What we've been talking about is that we want our desires to be to move from our old carnal nature where i had self on my mind 
I want my desires to move hooked up with the divinity where I have divinity's heart on my mind, where I grieve where he grieves, where I set boundaries where he sets boundaries, where I love where he loves, right? And so he says, with tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness, gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially toward those who may try your patience. Did you know that was in the book? Yes. Hello? Yeah. Did you know that was in the book? Why is it extra important to do it with those who get on your last nerve? Mm -hmm. Because that person that's getting on your last nerve, that's where he's refining you right then. Right in that moment, he's refining you. And your reaction to the refining determines how shiny you are. If you want to avoid all the refining, then just change jobs, change churches, change people, change husbands, change wives, change schools, change career, change whatever, track you're on, to find someone who will make it easy for you. But guess what? That refining process will have to repeat wherever you end up. You're just pokey there. You're just poking out. You're poking me. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It says, be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace, being one body, one spirit, as you were called into the same glorious hope of a divine destiny. So that, that sounds like unity to me. Yeah. A bunch of ones. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How hard is it for you to let go of your way? How hard is it for you to be less independent? See, you know, it's, it's funny. I mean, all you got to do is read and listen to Danny Silk's people helping people. If you want to be God's person, it's people, it's inconvenient. Because yes. people need something from you that you don't have time for. Because you've got cell phone. Your mind self is big. Yeah. It's got needs. Yeah. It's got to go to the store. It's got to keep appointments. I love to mess with Lynn all the time. I mean, just, I don't know, maybe in the last three or four days, I've made her change three or four appointments. Oh, it's just, it's a glorious time. It's a glorious time. Today, I wouldn't even let her tell me why she made the appointment. She just had to cancel it. It's just good practice. I like to just keep scraping that off. It's not, I'm, it's not intentional. I'm not like saying, man, I hope today I get to scrape on Lynn a little bit. It's just something presents itself. And I'm like, no, we're not doing that. Well, I did it for that. No, I don't even want to hear why we did it. We're not doing that. See, you've got to have somebody like that in your life. If you don't hear, if you're not hearing that from anybody, you're not, you're not getting a good scraping. You're just not. You're on that, you're on that like 320 grit sandpaper and you can't even tell. It's, it's like an emery board. You need to get you some 50 or 60 grit. Get it going on a, on a circular sander. Don't, you know, don't do that hand sanding. Because what's happening, see, God is trying to refine something in you. Listen, if you could just see it, the, the thing God put in you is so valuable, but it can't be expressed through flesh. It can't be expressed through carnality. Is that a better word for you? It can't be expressed 
through your own personal old carnal desires. It can't. That's not love. It says, for the Lord God is one and so are we. Turn to your neighbor and say, so are we. And we share in one faith, one baptism, one father. Is this true about us? One faith, right? One, one baptism. Anybody need to be rebaptized? Anybody? Maybe we need to do that soon. I know who wants to be. She's probably raising her hand right now. As he is the perfect father who leads us all. Works through us all. Lives in us all. The one guy. Okay? And this is it. And he has generously given each of us supernatural grace. According to the size of the gift of Jesus. Not the gift of you. What is your gift? You present an empty container. The more wants and dreams and desires and expectations and things that are from you that's in your container, he's all crowded in there. He's all crowded up like, you know, when are you going to let, yeah, that did happen to you when you were five, but you're not five anymore. It's all crowded and cluttered in there with all the stuff that you're wanting to get over someday. Verse 8, this is why he says he ascends into the heavenly heights, taking his many captured ones with him, and gifts were given to men. Part of what happened in the cross, right, was that he went down, he got back the keys, he went up to heaven, he got gifts. Think of it as Santa Claus, right? When all that happened on the cross, it freed the gifts to be poured out to mankind. Anyway, you can read verse 9, verse 10. It says, here we go, verse 11. And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, some with grace to be prophets, some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. If we produce out of like kind, I know I'm going to stretch you a little bit tonight, but see, listen, there are a lot of people teaching a lot of erroneous things about the Spirit of God. Yes. There are people saying that women don't have a role here. Men don't have a role there. there are, I mean, there are people saying that, you know, prophecy was for some other time. Well, I don't know. I've been using it, and I don't know. It's for my time. It's, I'm going to use it in my time. You can, you can come to me and tell me all you want. Well, you got to be careful because there's just going to be false prophets. Well, yeah, there's going to be false journalists. There's going to be false people. There's going to be what, I mean, name all things. I ate a fake ice cream bar tonight that was 100 calories. It is clearly not ice cream. But I faked her out. That girl right there, she's like, ooh, yummy. Cold, chocolatey, yummy, right? I was thinking I might have another one when I get home. I mean, just 100 calories, right? There's fake everything. The fact that somebody's trying to make it fake means there's a real good one. It means there's an authentic one. And so I am just telling you, 
You can wait till you die and go to heaven. And he says, man, I had so many words for you. I had so many things for you to heal. I had so many arms for you to reattach. I had so many destinies for you to speak to. And you can say, well, I was afraid I would mess it up. I was afraid I'd do it wrong. But see, the grace is the empowerment. But see, if I'm only focused on why, wonder if I'm called to do that. See, that's why I've got to stay in the refinement process all the time. I don't get to, I don't get to check out just because I got a couple prophecies right. Just because I do some good curriculum. Just because I do some good curriculum. Don't mean I get to check out. See, my maturity, if I want to produce after like kind, then it should tell me the more one I am with God and people, the pe- my people, Right? The more in unity I am, the more I lay down self, the more I'm going to advance. I don't know the destiny. When I started this process, it was when I heard John Paul say it takes 13 years to make a prophetic voice. And I wasn't even trying to be a prophetic voice. But I thought, well, that's a long time. I might as well start now. I mean, if I wait for 13 years, it'll be 26 years. So I, I could do the math on that. So I'll just start now. But I didn't, I didn't have, I forgot when 13 years was. During the 13 years, I forgot when 13 years was going to end. Because I became engulfed in just the refinement of how I hear him, the refinement of how I love. See, if the goal is to take this gift and to love it onto people, and I don't even like people, I probably need to refine that first. No good to have the grace gift if I can't even love people because I'll make them feel discomfort just being around me because they'll be able to tell I don't love them. And so then my gift is for what? See, the, all the gifts of God are meant to be used in a body. Or to, are meant to be used in a location. They're not meant to be used on me for me to have a platform. Do you hear this? Their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers. So they're already holy. You're already working with some good candidates here. You must have been promoted. If you are in an office, you've walked through all these steps. You don't go from zero to the office. That's where we've missed out. We miss out. We, we, you have to understand, if I'm not willing to go through and get low, yeah. eat a little dirt, yeah. eat a little humble pie. I, I eat humble pie all the time. If I'm not willing to do that, that, if I'm not willing to get a little low, right? I was talking to Pam today, and we were working out something with the girls, and I just told Pam, you got to get low. You got to get way down low. You just got to get low, low, low. And you, you got to own everything, get low. See that? She immediately just did that. We didn't have to argue about it. And see, when she did that, it cleared up everything. It cleared up everything. Because why? When we're all jockeying for this position, we're not nurturing and preparing the believers to do their own works. Wow. 
And it says, as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. Let me propose. <laughs> just like I said Sunday. What's today? Wednesday. Just like I said Sunday. Just making sure it was Sunday. There, is, there are steps in God to things. We don't, we're always wanting the fast track. That's America. That's the fast track. I don't want to get any training. I just want to be the boss. I'm just, I'm meant to be the boss somewhere. I'm just meant to be the boss. I'm just meant to be the boss. So, okay. <laughs> I hear that all the time from guys. I'm meant to be the boss. Well, yeah, but you're not even the boss over you. You can't even submit to the commission. Right? So see, listen, these gifts are so amazing. And, and, and if we're going to say we're a prophetic company, then we have to realize everybody's been embedded with God. So everybody can hear him. It's not a thing. I say it all the time. It's how I obey. It's how I get refined. It's how I respond. And it's how I do when I get promotion. Remember what Bill said? Promotion basically in God is more responsibility. But see, what happens is, if responsibility feels weighty, I don't understand responsibility in the supernatural. See, in the, super in the supernatural, I have more at my disposal. You didn't get that. In the supernatural, I have more anointing at my disposal. I have more angelic hosts at my disposal. I have more ability to understand mercy and grace. I have more power. I ha everything about maturity is walking into responsibility. And my working the land of my promise creates the ability to, for me to engage with God in places that I didn't need Him before. See, we've all built lives that we can do without Him. But He's trying to get us to build something. He's trying to get us to put something towards a building so that when all of the Spirit is poured out and flesh is harvesting in, we will have leaders in place that say, I know what to do with these people. Yes. If it's all about me, if it's all about Pam, if it's all about Lenny or whoever else, it's not going to be enough. And listen, it says these grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness. Yes. How close do you think we are? I know we're good around here, right? How close do you think we are around here about being one? It's, 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 it's my own personal participation. Where are you on the oneness? Are you all leaning in? Think about where we came from. Do y'all remember where we came from? Some of y'all been here. Kay's been here a long time. I remember Kay, she would come to the house, and she would sit in the corner, and she would be on her phone like this the whole time. The whole time. And I'd be like, uh. I mean, Kay and I used to text, like, all, like, till one in the morning. I'd be like, this girl cannot. She, I mean, all my counseling for the first, I don't know, years. I, years with Keisha was in the middle of the night through texting. 
And I remember I would say to Lindy, man, I cannot text anymore because I didn't even really like to text. That was the days where I was like, now I'm just like, if you want to talk to me, you better text me first because I'm not answering your call. See, it's different now. I'm kidding. But see, now look at her. She's back there, you know, running the entire YouTube broadcast. So see, she was meant to be on an electronic device. We got her a bigger screen now. See, you've got to mature into what God's called you. You don't just go from zero to a thousand. And see, how well do you do two and three and four and five and six? Guess what? At six, something's going to happen. It's going to blow it all up. And you're going to want to go back to two or you're going to want to advance to 20, but you've got to stay at six. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness into the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. Did you know there's a grace right now on what Jesus is about? It's right now in our house right now. There's grace falling on what it means to know the Son of God. There's grace falling in the house, in this room right now. It's about, see, it's not enough to just be able to dance or sing some songs. you got to know that you're having an experience with the king. I keep telling you over and over, if you want to have intimacy, the sacred journey is a perfect book for you because you have got to understand the Song of Songs was about the bridegroom and the bride. It wasn't about a husband and wife until we get that picture that's part of the message of the grace gifts that you have got to know the Son of God. You have got to have an experience with this King. You have got to know Him as your bridegroom. I don't care if you're male or female. You've got to know the lover of your soul and you've got to position your heart to know Him. And you're not going to get a promotion and you're not going to get upgraded in your spiritual understanding or your spiritual gifts or your ability to wield the Spirit until you know the Son of God. And so we've got those two things. We've got... We've got the fullness of what it means to know God, and we've got the oneness, the unity. Those are the first two things. And the next thing says, until we finally become one into a perfect man. Listen to this. This is from the Passion. Perfect is the word that implies perfection. Wait. Let me restate that. The Hebrew and Aramaic word for perfect is gemar, and the word implies that perfection cannot come to the body of Christ without the example and teaching of these five ministries, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, pastors. To ignore these five ministry gifts of the ascended Christ for today is to despise the gifts that God has given to the church. See, the thing you have to understand, if Jesus hadn't ascended, do you understand? I don't know if you're getting this. If Jesus had not come and lived a sinless life, died on the cross, rose again, and then transfigured back into heaven after he went down and got the keys, then this gift set would not have been poured out. 
And so the goal cannot be to just find an office and slide in it. The goal has to be to work the process, not worrying about if that's one day, one year, 50 years, 100 years, but just keep working into oneness, keep working into the lowness, keep working into the I know the Son of God, keep working into the full maturity of being mature. I love this. It says, with the dimensions, it says, let me let me start back. And finally we become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity. What's full dimension? Let's just think about maturity. How do you feel about maturity? Remember when you weren't? Remember when, <laughs> remember when you weren't and you thought you were a little bit? And then somebody came in. My favorite one is when people come to Lynn with their financial stuff. They've been out skipping to my loo, not paying bills, getting hot dogs, getting stuff they can't afford. And then they come into Lynn. They come in and she says, well, we're going to have to make some changes. We're going to have to make a budget. And they're like, I love it. When they first start hearing about a budget, a budget is just a suggestion. Then they pass by Starbucks. Oh, I need to slide in. Get me a $5 drink. Oh, I need to slide in. Got to get over here to Sonic. I'm hot. I need me some Route 44. We just slide in, slide in. Before you know it, $150 later a month, we've, we've, we've spent, we got all kinds of drinks. We got drinks. We're, our, 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 we were parched. We got drinks. We ain't got no house. We ain't got no plans for a relationship in the future. We ain't got no nothing. We just got drinks. You see, and see when when Lynn comes in, she's like, she's telling you a road to success. Why? Because that's a gift. That's a grace gift on her. It's really hard for people who are independent to want to use the grace gift. They think they can figure that out on their own. We were just talking about it today. Somebody that's not using Lynn right now that you probably don't even know. But I'm like, oh, man, I feel bad for them because, like, you know, I can just see. Oh, that's not working out. Oh, gosh, that's not working out either. Oh, oh, man, they're just trying to solve all the problems on their own. It's like it keeps just falling a little bit short. So we're a little short. We're a little short. We're a little short. And and guess what? A bunch of shorts add up to a whole pair of pants. Before you know it, you got long pants. You're short all over. You got no money for that. You got no money for that. Right? So the full dimensions of maturity. So this is spiritual maturity. What are the dimensions of natural maturity? How many went through a rebellion? You don't have to raise your hand. How many went through a rebellious stage where, you know, you got out from your parents and you like kicked your heels up and you said, Woohoo! I'm free, baby. And you went running out there and you bought you some drugs, you bought you some alcohol, and you're like, it is so it's kind of sludgy now. I mean, like I can't move around and man, where's all my money? I mean, I got credit card debt and I got cars I can't pay for. And how many had that co-signer person? Even when you're out running with scissors, they said, sure, we'll just help you get that thing you can't afford. That's, that's immaturity, yeah. right? 
How many had a hole to climb? You don't have to raise your hand. How many had a hole to climb? How many? Some people are still climbing out of the hole. Not the hole that I made. The hole you made. In your freedom. When you got all free. Right? And then when you start, when you start actually, well, maybe I should make some mature choices. What begins to happen? You get better stuff. I mean, Haley's a good example. Haley's driving around in that fancy Civic that she had for a while, and she was putting in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars and more hundreds of dollars, and then more hundreds of dollars were needed. And I was like, whew, Lynn, maybe I get that girl get a different car. Those hundreds are just throwing out, it's going out. People are loaning her money, giving her money for that little Civic. Wasn't even in her name, and she didn't even know it. She didn't even own it. She didn't even know it. Come time to sell it. Oh, no. No, you can't, you can't sell it because you don't even. it's not even in your name. See, isn't that weird how we, in our immaturity, we don't know stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's the same way spiritually. Yeah. There's just some stuff you don't know. Yeah. And so as we lean in, to maturity, we lean into someone with more wisdom than us. And that wisdom is then presented us and then we choose. Will I be refined by it or will I stick to my old self ways? And see, whenever the cool part about God is he holds us accountable for what we know to be true. What a loving father. Unlike our parents inconsistent didn't hold us to any standard right yeah. right yeah. didn't parent us didn't know how to reward us so see the reward of choosing wisdom is advancement in your gifts advancement in the supernatural advancement with humanity advancement in responsibility more territory in your, see, in your promised land, which God, remember I said on Sunday, what Bill said, rebellion is not apprehending your promised land. I don't know, you may not believe that, I believe that. God says, I'm going to give you a promised land. That's why he said the children of Israel, they walked around out there and griped and complained because they had free donuts, Krispy Kreme donuts every morning, they were griping about it. Right? right? They want some meat. <laughs> so he gave them a buffet of meat. And of course, clearly, since they've been eating donuts and they gorged themselves on meat, they got sick. Do you see that whole? It's clear what to, to me what happened. But really, you know when it started? It started when they walked over to the promised land the first day. When Joshua and Caleb said, oh. We can do it. And everybody else said, oh, no, no, no. We're little itty-bitty people. We are powerless. We are tiny, tiny, teeny grasshoppers. And they are big, bad giants. And the people agreed with the grasshopper syndrome more than the victor syndrome. And so they rebelled. They rebelled against God who said, I brought you out to possess the promised land. So they had to eat donuts because they didn't want to have no pomegranates. 
So spiritual maturity is knowing I've got a promised land and knowing I want a house on my promised land. I don't want to, I don't see this is the thing if you could ever get this picture that God wants you to own stuff and he wants you to lease stuff to the world so you get their money. You didn't get that, but that's okay. The full dimension to spiritual maturity. I really want to talk about that, but I don't have time right now, okay? Full dimension to spiritual maturity and fully developed into the itty bitty, bitty bitty, barely getting by stuff of Jesus. The abundance of Jesus. Do you think God has more than you? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Is he happy about that? No, he's so unhappy about that. I set you up big time. Me and Tessa, we were the only ones. We were just, no, he is so unhappy that you cannot see the abundance he has waiting for you. His heart grieves. That we're so small-minded that we'd buy tacos instead of lives, instead of hearts. Not against tacos. You're with me, right? Right now I'm not on tacos, but that's okay. Verse 14. Did you see what I said there? The full dimensions of spiritual, fully developed in the abundance. 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 That crazy orphan lack mindset is completely gone. It's gross to God. He's like, you mean my son came and did all this for you to live in poverty? For you to believe the poverty mentality, the poverty heart? To act like what you happened to you when you were five years old is what's happened to you when you're 65 years old? Verse 14, and then... Our immaturity will end. Now you're cheering for the excitement of the ending immaturity, but I'm realizing our immaturity is never going to end for a really long time. We're focused on the wrong side of the equation. I've got to be focused on 12 through 13. Or... See, when I'm focused on, man, I gotta get rid of this immaturity, like it's a plague, like it's some sort of some sort of disease. It's a it's some sort of leprosy on my body. I'll never mature. When I'm fo- focused on the Son of God, the abundance that He died to give me, looking at that beautiful face, seeing how He gave me this heart of flesh that He's betting his like look at how glorious he is that this is i get to be married to him i mean look at my eyes of fire over there i mean all the fiery love he has for me then i'm focused on the right thing when i'm focused on where am i going to be in the body and how am i going to get this maturity off of me and how am i going to be able to do this and who's going to put me in the game and when are they going to call me up to be in the big leagues and when am i going to get to be there when am i going to be that you're you're focused on the wrong thing Yes. 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 
Focus on never, ever letting yourself get out of your sweet spot. Try that for 30 days. I told Shudy the other day, I said, you don't get to be stacker girl no more. She'll always come to me and say, wow, well, I got a little stacker. Well, how long has it been going on? Two weeks. I said, no, we ain't doing that anymore. Mm-mm. No. See, you've got, you've got to require something of yourself to stay in the place of refining all the time. Everybody can pick the little low road. Someone, you recruited someone to help you do that. That's not me. You don't let it be you. Sorry, let me finish this, okay? And then we will not be easily shaken by trouble. Nor led astray by novel teachings or false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. See, when I grew up, we were so worried about that. Oh my gosh, we're going to be deceived. Oh my gosh, I don't know if you should listen to that preacher. I listen to him now just for humor. Like, it is part of my, like, I love to laugh at stuff that I grew up people being afraid of. Because look, we will never have to be afraid of that if we're focused on the right things. Because why wouldn't he tell me? If I'm hearing his voice about what I'm supposed to do, wouldn't he tell me, hey, they're kind of like cuckoo. (laughs) Wouldn't he? It says, but instead we'll remain strong and we'll remain always sincere in our love as we express truth. There's the goal. There's the goal of the grace gift. Whether it's formatted in a teacher way, formatted in an apostolic way, formatted in an evangelistic way, formatted in a pastor way, formatted in a prophet way, it's to speak truth. But see, I've already formulated and I've already went through the tunnel of love. I've already went through the tunnel of love and I came out with Jesus and he said, here's how I see them. Here's how I see them. Here's how I see them. Look how I see them. Look, this is why you're seeing them today. Look, this is why you're going over there today. Look, this is how I see them. And your love for them will be so overwhelming because Jesus will be pouring his love through you for that person. You'll be like, oh my gosh, I have so much patience with them. How did I get all this patience? Because I'm seeing them through the eyes of love. I'm seeing them through the eyes of fire. I'm not seeing them through how much they're messing up my day. And it says, all, say all, All. that's A-L-L. Three little words, three little letters that means everything. All our direction and ministries will flow from Jesus and lead us deeper to Jesus. I feel like that's a cycle. Let's call it the Jesus cycle. I'll just love Jesus and I'll love people and they'll come back and I'll love Jesus and I'll love people. And look, I'll be in a loop. I'll love Jesus and I'll love people. And will I feel loved? I sure will because I'm loving Jesus and I'm loving people. I mean, I'm in the circle of love. I'm in the flow of love. I can't keep from helping like I feel loved. Oh my gosh, I feel overwhelmed with love. I feel so protected. And so I love people. I love Jesus. It's just a big circle. It just keeps going on and on. And guess what? I get so consumed in the tunnel of love. I don't even have any needs. They're all met through this process. 
Come on, Mendo. What a great message. So fun. Well, it was especially fun for me because I've been figuring out why I dreamt the starfish dream last night the whole time. It's been unfolding. And so I thought I'd share how um, the, much this is on the Holy Spirit's mind because I realize now this dream has everything to do with what she um, talked about tonight. So it's so cool. He loves to be you know, dramatic too. He's a, he loves drama. So of course the Holy Spirit would give me this really fun dream. So let me tell you about this dream. In the dream, I was watching a movie trailer for a movie. And, um, and in the dream, in the movie, what happened was there was in this huge hangar, there was this massive metal, um, container filled with water. And there were a couple of guys working on it in there. And they were trying to fasten, uh, tighten up this big bolt that was spraying water out, which told me the container held water. And they got it fastened in and um, tightened up, but then the metal began to bulge and creak. And so it, the water net didn't have anywhere to go, so it was going to explode. And so somebody said, you know, run. So they ran out from underneath the container and tried to get to a little higher ground. But inevitably, they ended up getting in the water because it was just this massive amount of water. And in the dream, the water mixed with a chemical, this is where it starts to look like a Marvel movie, okay? Chemicals on the floor mixed with the water, and the, there were three guys in there, and they were transformed by their exposure to this chemical and water mixture, and it gave them these special powers, okay? So they grew in this special power. So an, a, a just saying a body of water that could not be contained exploded onto the scene and transformed them, giving them powers. So the next scene in showed that these three guys were off in a restaurant, sitting in a booth, trying to kind of process everything that had happened. They knew that they had this new power, um, but they were continuing to undergo changes and transformations. And one of the changes that I saw in the, in the restaurant was one by one, their mouths started to change and they turned into a starfish mouth. So it was a man's face with a starfish mouth. Okay. And then their hands started to transform and they were transforming through stages, but eventually they had starfish shaped hands that looked kind of like the starfish mouth the end of the dream okay what on earth what on earth yes <laughs> it's not from earth that's why so some interesting things that i've discovered along the way five which is most starfish have five you know stars have five points so the number five represents grace and redemption and here, Tisa's talking about the Grace Ministries. And she's talking about how we live our lives and how we, what we do with our lives, how we, how we speak and all of this thing. Sunday's message was on heavenly languages and how we, what languages are we listening to and speaking. And so the hand and the mouth, their hands and their mouths and the dreams were transformed. So the hand of of course, represents what we do, and a mouth represents what we say. 
So I want to propose to you that these, these three men were transformed and that their works, now their hands were going to do the works through his grace, by his grace, works of grace. They were going to speak words by his grace, words of grace, through, by, through, by and through his grace. They were going to operate in grace. That sounds an awful lot like grace ministries that we've been talking about tonight. Now, another cool thing that I learned when I was trying to find some tidbit about starfish that could be applicable to anything going on was that starfish are very, very intuitive. They have nerves throughout their entire being, and they don't actually have a centralized brain. They are a being of nerves. So they operate primarily by feelings and things they've sensed. Okay. Now, Lenny got up and shared a word and, and, uh, Shudy saying further about, about our heart of flesh. You know, when we enter into this life with Jesus, he takes our stony heart, a hard and stony heart can't respond to intuition. It doesn't feel things anymore. It doesn't sense things anymore. Now, a heart of flesh is soft and, and malleable, and it's responsive, right, to the impulses of the Holy Spirit, is what the word says. So these starfish I was reading, it says they can't even plan their next move. They operate if they, they literally cannot plan a plan of action. They, if it said, one of the things I read said that if one leg senses or smells a food item over here, it overtakes the other legs and it moves towards that no matter what. Doesn't matter. It's, and that's how it lives its life, by the impulses of the things that it senses. So that, again, is what Tisa is talking about tonight. That is us living with a heart of flesh and a heart of flesh responding to him. That's how instead of having a grand plan of trying to achieve an office or a position or a significant status of some kind, the process is actually just moving by the impulses of his spirit. And so when you feel him on something, you move towards it. When you feel his heart towards someone else, you move towards it and you live your life that way intuitively with a heart of flesh. Another interesting thing was, of course, um, starfish have these suction cups and so, you know, on the bottom of their, uh, their, their bodies. And so they cling to rocks is how they live. So we want to cling, of course. We are meant to be living, clinging to our rock of salvation, right? And they live by the impulses. Now, doesn't that sound like it might be kind of dangerous just to impulsively move towards something you see or you want, right? You're just hanging out. I'm going to cling to this rock, and if I see something I like or that moves me, I'm moving towards it. That's it. That's how I'm living. Could be a little bit dangerous, but get this about the starfish. They are regenerative. If you tear off a part of their being, 
rip them in half, they turn into another full starfish. So if an enemy comes along and rips parts of it off and just tosses it out there, it just grows into a second starfish, so it literally multiplies. So there's a story apparently about these fishermen that fished for shellfish, and I guess starfish eat shellfish, and so they felt like the starfish were, you know, ruining their their crops, basically, whatever you call that in fishing, whatever a haul is in fishing. And so they started trying to catch the the starfish and were ripping their legs off and throwing them back in the water thinking they were killing them and they were actually causing the population of starfish to multiply and so I'm just saying that whatever the enemy tries to do to you while you are moving according to the impulses of the spirit he has to repay you seven times it's a it's a multiplication so that's how we can live in safety because you, no weapon formed against you will succeed. This is the starfish life. And what did we read in verse, she just read this in verses 14 and 15. And then our immaturity will end and we will not be easily shaken by trouble nor led astray by novel teachings or the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. But instead, we will remain strong. We will remain strong because we will just regenerate. The enemy will have to repay anything he tries to do. So, one interesting tidbit that was, was really kind of moving to me about this odd dream is that the movie title was called very clearly the greatest story ever told. And when I woke up, I Googled that because I thought it sounded familiar. And it was a movie, a very famous movie from 1965, all about the life of Jesus. So I just want to propose to you that the Holy Spirit is saying, this is the greatest story ever told. Is when my people live according to the impulses of a fleshy heart that I have renewed in them and we operate and we speak through grace and we do the grace ministries and we move, we live the starfish life. That's the greatest story ever told. The greatest story ever told. And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles and some with grace to be prophets and some with grace to be evangelists and some with grace to be pastors and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. These graced ministries will function until we attain oneness in the faith until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ, the greatest story ever told. So, Papa, we just want to say thank you tonight. 
Holy Spirit, we absolutely love, love, love your creativity. We love the ways you speak to us. We love the ways you you linger and you ding, dangle something out there for us to pursue with you all day long. We just love you. We think you are amazing. And it is a, a pleasure to get to live this life with you and to move according to the impulses of your spirit. And so we just say thank you for calling us up higher today. Thank you for so creatively highlighting new ways for us to operate and to encourage us to actually operate in this way in our daily lives, not just to love the concept and a service, but to actually go out from here and live this life 24 seven, live the starfish life 24 seven. And so we say yes to you and Holy Spirit. I just ask for a multiplication of this dream, a multiplication of this word, and that it would imprint on each person's heart, that it would go deep into the soil of their garden and extract all the lead, just extract all the lead so that we can be living as the gardens for you that you've intended us to be all along. So we say we love you. We say yes to you. We say we need you. We need you. We need you. We love your gentle touches. We love your confirming words and all of your love. And we want to live with that sensitivity. Thank you for restoring us from a stony heart to a heart of flesh so we can live this life with you and experience your love on such a tremendous level. We love you. We love you. It's an honor and privilege to be called yours. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Papa God. We love you so much. And it's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com. Okay